The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Too often we rely solely or primarily on conventional medicine to treat symptoms and disease. But these can mask the problems, so we never get to the root cause of the disease. There are better choices. Welcome to Generation Regeneration with your host, Sandra Guy Melhothra. Conventional medicine does play an important role in effective treatment, but even more important are the daily lifestyle, food, and spiritual choices we make. Now, here is Sandra Guy Melhothra. I'm Sandra Malhotra, your host for Generation Regeneration. Thank you for joining me. Today we will focus on the topic of nutrition, for which there is a great deal of conflicting information. For example, our grandparents ate eggs in good health, but then we were told they are terrible because of the cholesterol and the yolks, and we suffered through years of egg white omelets. I know I did. (laughs) And now, according to many progressive medical professionals, the focus on dietary cholesterol is misguided and eggs from pasture-raised chickens are actually recommended. So what to do? Well, our special guest today is certified nutritionist Ann Baker, and she's going to clear up a lot of the confusion for us. Hello, Ann, and welcome to the show. Hi, Sandra. Thanks for having me. It's really great to have you here so that we can discuss this topic. I'd also like to welcome our listeners to Generation Regeneration. Our goal with the show is to provide information and support for those who want to regenerate their bodies, minds, spirits, and relationship to others and to the planet. We believe that we are powerful spirits that originate in the source of all things and are given a body and a life with a purpose, and that's a purpose with a capital P. And in order to understand and pursue our purpose and find deep meaning in our lives, we must take care of our physical, emotional, and spiritual health. So last week, we featured a shamanic healer and medicine woman who taught us about how disease can have origins in our emotions or energy field, and how shamans work in alternate realities to get guidance from powerful entities as to how to regenerate and heal their patient's body, emotions, and spirit. It was really an interesting chat, which we're going to continue in December. And today, we're going to discuss what we can proactively do to take care of and regenerate our bodies through good nutrition. So now on to Anne. Anne, one thing I like to do is for guests to describe their healing journey because so many of us have an enlightening story to tell. And I know you do because you suffered with various ailments and turned to holistic health and nutrition to overcome them. Could you take a few minutes to describe your journey to great health for us? Oh, sure. Well, I was about 45-ish and in a very high stress career. I was traveling a lot, although I thought I was doing a pretty good job eating well and exercising. I started to notice that my chronic pain, my lack of sleep, and um, I had many other issues just got worse and worse. And of course, when I went to the doctors, they just wanted to give me some prescription medications. I ended up getting very fatigued and actually got diagnosed with chronic fatigue. And then 
very much around the same time, I also uh, found some abnormal uh, cells uh, in my uh, uterus, uh, indicating that I could be pre- having precancerous mm. issues. So, um, yeah, that all sort of came at the same time. And I did seek out a naturopathic doctor who really put me on a path to begin thinking about how to make even more changes to my diet and take better care of myself, learning how to say no. Mm -hmm. Uh, And as a result of that, uh, I started to seek out other holistic practitioners, but none of them seemed to really connect the dots. So what I decided I needed to do was I needed to go back to school and learn how to connect the dots so that I could fully engage myself in healing process and then hopefully help other people. And that's what I did. Yeah, good, good for you. So I think what your experience does is it also highlights the difference between the conventional medical approach and the more holistic medical approach, because it seems like the conventional doctors that you went to didn't really search for a root cause. Is that true? Did they really try to get into your lifestyle and your diet and your gut health and things like that? Well, no, most people have a similar um, kind of situation. They go to the doctor and they spend 45 minutes or an hour in the waiting room and maybe get 10 minutes with the doctor and typically are leaving with the prescription uh, or perhaps some physical therapy uh, or perhaps being scheduled for a surgery. And those are really Mm -hmm. the options that, you know, uh, allopathic physicians use. That's how they're trained. That's right. They're trained to diagnose and then to give a treatment, which is usually one of those three things. Mm -hmm. They don't spend a lot of time with us and they don't, connect all of the interrelated issues that we're having that's right many times they don't they especially if you go to a specialist you know you're getting someone that's just working in an isolated and unfortunately that's how they think of it um type of uh system of the body which all the systems are connected so really doesn't make a lot of sense yes that's right Yeah. So you went to school to learn how to be a nutritionist. Can you talk to us about what your training entailed? Right. I searched around for schools. And now Mm -hmm. this was, you know, probably about 15 years ago. Uh, I found a private uh, institution, uh, not through a uh, four-year university, uh, because four-year universities only have a registered dietetics program. Mm -hmm. And after looking at what that was about, I decided that really wasn't going to give me the kind of educational background that I wanted to do the kind of problem solving that I know people needed, just like me. that's right. So I found a private institution uh, called Nutrition Therapy Institute, actually out of Denver, Colorado. And uh, as was, as is the case now that everybody is doing things, uh, distance learning, So it was a program I was able to do while I was still working in my former career. Mm. And um, it's a two-year program. They have a a one-year and a two-year program. The program I enrolled in was two years. I didn't totally complete the second year. Um, I kind of pick and chose um, some of the coursework that I wanted. And then after that, I continued on with a number of other certifications, which I'm continually adding to. Um, so I have, you know, a bachelor's, but it's not in the sciences. It's actually in the, the liberal arts. Mm-hmm. And then I have um, pretty much the equivalent of, 
what would be another two years to three years in other credentialing. Okay. So one thing that I noticed when I started researching the field of nutritionists for our website, wholetreatment.com, is that there are a variety of credentials out there. You chose one route with the private school that you went to and the credential that you have is called certified nutritionist. But there are others that I've seen. There's clinical nutritionist and, like you say, various other coursework that can be taken. There's also dietitian, registered dietitian credential. So can you talk about maybe the difference between your credential, say, a clinical nutritionist and the registered dietitian? Right. What I studied was very focused on clinical nutrition, but that's mm-hmm. not the title. Yes. Um, it's certified nutrition. Yes. So the difference between what I learned to do and what yes. a registered dietitian learns to do are that I'm learning about detoxification. I'm mm-hmm. learning um, about how the immune system works with the digestive system. And I'm learning about how to work with people that have a broad range of health conditions outside of the hospital setting or institutionalized critical care uh, emphasis, which is really more what the registered dietetics program focuses on for that aspect. They also are heavily focused on creating meal programs for institutionalized Mm -hmm. settings like hospitals and, you know, schools and um, uh, the uh, criminal system, criminal institutions, that type of thing. And they're not uh, so much looking at uh, some of the issues like autoimmune conditions and how to use food uh, to intervene there. Food therapeutically, I guess, is what I would say. Dietetics also don't get any um, training in nutritional supplementation Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't believe in nutritional supplementation, whereas pretty much by and large, any school that uh, someone would have attended for uh, holistic nutrition or yes. uh, certified nutrition would include that as part of the coursework, as well as herbs. And many of them also do make suggestions or give some um, uh, guidance on how to take further education from the specialty labs Mm -hmm. to do specialty testing in some cases. Of course, that varies from state to state depending on what a clinician can do, but that's something else that is also usually touched on in the holistic nutrition schools. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it sounds like if someone wants to work with a someone with a more holistic background to help them get to some root causes to some ailments that they may be experiencing, they probably want to look for someone with a nutritionist credential. Um, You know, RDs, it seems like there's a a role for them in various places, but perhaps they don't have the holistic understanding that a nutritionist would. Yeah, they are distinctly different. Yeah. The registered dietetics program focuses quite a lot on... um, Obesity and metabolic syndrome Mm. and diabetes and prediabetes. Those are the two big conditions they seem to focus on. Mm -hmm. They don't really, to my knowledge, uh, do a lot with folks that have um, pathogenic issues in their Mm -hmm. digestive tract. Mm -hmm. Uh, They don't do a lot with um, as far as pain and inflammation from um, 
you know, and how it's directly correlated to the foods people are eating. They don't do a lot with how um, people are uh, feeding their neurological mm. issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not to say that folks that are registered dietitians cannot gain that type of education, yes. but it's yes. usually outside the curricula yes. that is the four-year program for dietetics. Whereas the holistic nutrition field, that is the whole focus. We don't yes. focus on um, doing meal programs at all for institutionalized settings. That is mm-hmm. not our focus at all. Okay. All right. Well, on that note, um, let's get ready for a short break. We are talking about food and nutrition today with certified nutritionist Ann Baker. This is Sandra Malhotra with Generation Regeneration, and we'll be back after this short break. Thank you. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. A new health and wellness community is coming in January 2015 called HoldTreatment.com. As a practitioner, you can increase your visibility by creating a detailed profile, posting blogs, advertising online and live events, and accepting online appointments. As a client, you can learn about holistic healing modalities, research practitioners to find the best one for you, and conveniently book online appointments, all for free. We aspire to change the way healthcare is practiced, and together, we can do it. Visit whole-treatment.com to find out more. GMOs, or genetically modified organisms, are plants or animals that have been genetically engineered with DNA from bacteria, viruses, or other plants and animals. These experimental combinations of genes from different species cannot occur in nature or in traditional crossbreeding. Most developed nations do not consider GMOs to be safe. Right now, over 80% of the corn and soy grown in the U.S. is genetically modified, and we should be able to choose whether we wish to consume these foods or not. Visit non-gmoproject.org forward slash learn dash more. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health & Wellness. This is Generation Regeneration with Sandra Guy Melhothra. To connect with Sandra, send an email to Sandra Melhothra at wcubedcommunity.com or tweet at Sandra G. Melhothra, hashtag WeAreGenR. She looks forward to your comments. Now, back to Generation Regeneration. Welcome back to Generation Regeneration. I'm Sandra Malhotra, your host. And today, Ann Baker, certified nutritionist, is joining us and educating us about food and nutrition because there is some confusion about what we should be eating. Uh, The story does change according to official recommendations. Um, We should eat eggs, and then we shouldn't eat eggs, and we should eat butter, and then we shouldn't eat butter. 
So right before the break, Anne was describing to us the type of education she received as a nutritionist. And it was very interesting that she learned a more holistic approach to health uh, and is able to help people with things like autoimmune, gut issues, um, trying to get to some root causes for some ailments that folks have. So now for the next several minutes, what we'd like to do is talk about why nutrition counseling is important. And Anne, I'd just like to get your feedback on that. You went into this field because you're very passionate about it. Uh, why, is, why is nutrition counseling important? That's a really good question. I think for different people, they seek out nutrition counseling uh, for various reasons. But for me, it's very much focused on prevention mm-hmm. and intervening early so that we can hopefully you know, stop some, some sort of um, cluster of conditions people have to becoming full-blown issues where they have to become hospitalized. Yes. There's a lot of power in what we put in our bodies or what we don't put in our bodies. That's actually just as important, too. Yes. And everybody has a very unique bio-individual identity inside Mm -hmm. their bodies in terms of what foods are supportive for them and what foods aren't. So when we hear the media on the media or we read something in the media, or even when we pick up uh, a really great book on a particular new idea or concept or diet, everybody needs to remember that that is for the general public. And so this is where I think folks get a lot of confused ideas because and mixed messages because they're listening to mass marketed information Mm -hmm. which is generalized and not something specific to their own cluster of health concerns that they have with obviously what happened uh, genetically in their family what are they predisposed to what kind of stresses are they under you know what kind of schedules do they keep what mm-hmm. kind of support or lack of support system do they have? And all of those things really factor into our overall health. So we take all that in as, you know, as a clinician, this is what I do, mm-hmm. and uh, help design um, foods for them, yes. help come up with foods for them that are going to optimize their health and get them feeling as good as they can feel, as well as being preventative down the road so they don't yes. end up in the hospital. Okay. Yes, very good points. So basically you try to use nutrition proactively. If someone is maybe starting to have minor ailments, you can use nutrition to turn that around. Now you also mentioned on your website something that a lot of people probably experience and you call it the trifecta of modern living, which is being tired being in pain and feeling fatigue and with everyone having such a hectic schedule, uh, that can be an easy thing to fall into. So if someone is feeling that way and is feeling frustrated and at the end of their rope, how do you go about helping them? Right. Chronic pain, low energy and poor sleep. That's the trifecta of modern living. That's my little phrase that I coined because I started thinking about it and I thought, geez, this is really what was my problem. Yes. And thinking back on the people that I'm helping, pretty much everybody comes in with 
two and usually all three of those issues. So yes. the reason, so then we have to figure out, well, why, why are they having these issues? Right. So we look at, you know, a number of things to, to do that. But what we, what we're trying to do is we're trying to connect the dots and it doesn't always appear in the doctor's office when folks get their regular lab work done. Mm -hmm. I've had many people come to me and say, you know, I have my labs. There's nothing particularly troubling in them, but I'm just, you know, I just don't have a lot of energy, a lot of get up and go, and I'm not really sleeping very well. And of course, I don't want to take sleeping pills and I don't want to take, you know, um, over-the-counter pain medication or prescription medication there has to be a better way. So then we go back and unravel, well, what are you doing? What are you eating that could be driving up inflammation in your body, which is causing this kind of distress and presenting as a headache or a joint pain, or maybe they have a skin issue, or maybe they are feeling depressed, um, you know, besides not sleeping well, which a lot of people aren't sleeping well. And so there's there's some trial and error that we, we go through to do some little uh, self-testing. And we can uh, usually pinpoint a number of things that are very common in people's diets that they don't realize that they're eating that they think is healthy, but it really isn't supportive for them. Yes. So we go about it that way. Can you delve into what you mean by inflammation? Because that's starting to get a lot more attention as being the root cause of various diseases. So how would you define inflammation and what kind of cascading effects does that have on the body? Well, it's interesting if you ask any doctor, uh, any, any doctor of any type, whether it's mm-hmm. a chiropractor, a medical doctor, a naturopathic doctor, they will, and you say, what's the driver of all disease? And they'll tell you that it's inflammation. Yeah. So inflammation is the body's response to something being out of balance. Yes. Typically, we see imbalances in three major pathways. We see it in the detoxification pathway, we see it in the digestive pathway, and we see it in the immune pathway. Pretty much a person that's very chronically um, not feeling very good has issues in all three of those pathways. Mm-hmm. And so you need to address all three of those areas before you can get the fe- person feeling well again. And it shouldn't come as any surprise because you're seeing a lot more uh, folks that are uh, practicing 21st medicine like Dr. Mark Hyman and, you know, Dr. Jeffrey Bloom, who's uh, those two founded the Institute for Functional Medicine, which is all founded on the idea that you find the root cause of the individual's issues. So find the drivers. and and make adjustments there and you can, you know, not have to give them medications as doctors. You cannot have to uh, do surgeries on them. And you can pretty much, uh, the theory goes that there's an awful lot we can control so that what we think of as aging mm-hmm. doesn't really uh, occur in the profound way that we've thought of getting old and you know, not being able to do things. That's because we have not taking care of our bodies right. But the key is figuring out where are those imbalances and correcting those. And that is really done through food and nutrition. And the whole foundation of functional medicine is all food and lifestyle based. 
That's what's called the first line therapy that's mm-hmm. used. And that's taught through Institute of Functional Medicine. Yes. So that is the, the actual major difference between how 21st century medicine is happening yes. and how, you know, the old ways of, of allopathic medicine is yes. still functioning. That's right. Yes. So you mentioned uh, inflammation as being a root cause to many ailments and the three pathways, the, di- the detox, the digestive, and the immune pathway. So as a nutritionist, can you comment on how you would address each of those pathways? And uh, maybe you can discuss detoxing first, and then we'll have to go to a break in about four minutes. So maybe address that one first. Okay. Well, detoxification is very misunderstood. Our mm-hmm. bodies are going through the detoxification process all the time. It's yes. just naturally happening. Okay. Um, the, the, the issue is that we now, our bodies are being subjected to so many more um, environmental toxicities yes. through the types of food that we eat, the air mm-hmm. that we breathe, the water that we're drinking as well as things that we're, you know, shampooing our hair with, putting on our bodies, brushing our teeth with, um, using to clean our house, um, our livers are getting really overworked. Now, interestingly enough, people often forget that the liver is both a detoxifying organ. Yes. And it's a digestive organ. So if the liver is really overburdened, trying to clean out all of these um, toxins that it's being overwhelmed with, it's going to have a hard time doing its job correctly to digest food. So we need to clean those things up. And, you know, there is clinical detoxification. um, But before that would even occur, what I do with everybody is I look at how do we reduce their toxic load. Mm. That's really important. And that's, you know, again, let's look at what are you, you know, what kind of food are we buying? Are we buying processed food? Are we buying whole foods? Are we buying organic? Are we buying pasture raised, well caught, or are we buying conventionally grown uh, animal products? Are we, you know, utilizing, um, products on our body, personal care products that uh, have a lot of uh, suspect ingredients. Mm -hmm. Yes. You know, the cosmetic industry is self-regulated. That's right. People don't realize that. And there's a lot of really nasty stuff that honestly is shown to be cancer promoting, cancer causing. Right. And what you put on your skin is absorbed into your skin and does wind up in the rest of your body. Absolutely. And I think a lot of people don't realize that. Yeah. They don't realize that at all. Uh, what's in our drinking water? You know, right. of course, we we feel that our drinking water has been made safe by our communities, but there's still a lot of added things. Like in mm-hmm. my area, they do put fluoride in my water. Yeah, um, I don't really have a choice about that. And uh, fluoride is a trace mineral, but we do we need it in the quantities that we're consuming as far as water? I don't think so. It's um, looking like not. Yeah. Yeah. So there's all those things to look at to try and start cleaning up. Um, even, you know, looking at what are we using to clean our toilet bowls with, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, are we using, you know, really strong chemicals that, uh, have warning and hazard, mm-hmm. you know, labels on them? Well, yeah. and what is that doing to us? What's it doing to our environment too? Yes, that's right. Um, so it all filters down. So it's very holistic. It's all connected. Yes. Uh, so that is really the first step in detoxification. 
And actually, if folks that are listening go to my website and uh, download my uh, free health resource guide, I do talk quite a bit about detoxification and some steps you can take. And that's a free download at my website, Nourish Holistic Nutrition. Okay, very good. So that was a nice explanation of the detox pathway, and we will get into the other two after our break. So thank you, everyone, for joining us. We're talking about food and nutrition with certified nutritionist Ann Baker today. This is your host, Sandra Malhotra with Generation Regeneration, and we'll be back after this short break. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. GMOs, or genetically modified organisms, are plants or animals that have been genetically engineered with DNA from bacteria, viruses, or other plants and animals. These experimental combinations of genes from different species cannot occur in nature or in traditional crossbreeding. Most developed nations do not consider GMOs to be safe. Right now, over 80% of the corn and soy grown in the U.S. is genetically modified, and we should be able to choose whether we wish to consume these foods or not. Visit non-gmoproject.org forward slash learn dash more. A new health and wellness community is coming in January 2015 called holdtreatment.com. As a practitioner, you can increase your visibility by creating a detailed profile, posting blogs, advertising online and live events, and accepting online appointments. As a client, you can learn about holistic healing modalities, research practitioners to find the best one for you, and conveniently book online appointments, all for free. We aspire to change the way healthcare is practiced, and together, we can do it. Visit whole-treatment.com to find out more. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus, topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. Helping you make informed decisions for your life. This is Voice America Health and Wellness. This is Generation Regeneration with Sandra Guy Melhothra. To connect with Sandra, send an email to Sandra Melhothra at wcubedcommunity.com or tweet at Sandra G. Melhothra, hashtag WeAreGenR. She looks forward to your comments. Now, back to Generation Regeneration. And welcome back. This is Sandra Mahocha, your host. And today we have Ann Baker, a certified nutritionist, who is talking to us about food and nutrition. And just prior to the break, we were talking about inflammation and what an important role that plays for various types of diseases and ailments. And Ann was talking to us about the detox pathway and the work she does with her clients to help them detox, to clean up their liver of of damage, which has been done, and then also counsel on cleaner foods to eat uh, so that there's not so much of a load on the liver. And the other two pathways we're going to discuss now, the digestive and the immune. So, Anne, let me hand it over to you. 
So the digestive system, it's interesting that we've, in medical community, they've sort of segregated parts of our body. So if you have yeah. a serious digestive complaint, you usually be handed off to a specialist, a gastroenterologist, right? Well, interestingly enough, most, ga- most gastroenterologists really don't have a discussion with their patients about the foods that are driving yes. their issues. So for us as nutritionists, that is completely our focus, uh, that we are looking at, all right, the person has, you know, um, gastritis, they have a lot of, you know, um, belching or, or bloating, they have a lot of dis- stomach discomfort. Let's mm-hmm. look at what are they eating that can be driving this. And let's also look at, um, are they eating enough? Uh, are they eating all cooked foods? Are they eating very many raw foods? And yes. what kind of foods are they eating? Because there's certain classifications of food that can be problematic for certain kinds of people. And the medical community, remember again, that um, in going back to uh, even the question earlier, this is all tied in, mm-hmm. you know, why is counseling on nutrition important? Yes. It's important because doctors don't know how to do it. They yes. don't get any training in nutrition. Very good they point. get nothing in nutrition. Yeah. So when you go to your doctor and you ask them, you know, well, what should I be eating? I have this or that. They really are not equipped to have that discussion with you. That is not their focus. That's not what they're trained to do. So who are you left to go for counsel? If you, mm-hmm. you know, you can pick up a book, you look at the media. And mm-hmm. again, it's all based on the individual's um, specific complaints and uh, a lot of other uh, elements to determine what's the best diet for them. But getting back to the digestive issue, a lot of people are eating so poorly that they're not breaking down their food properly. Mm. If you can't break down your food properly and digest it, you cannot absorb the nutrients. So really you are not just what you eat, you are what you absorb. That's right. It's not just what you put in your mouth. That's right. And this is a big problem for a lot of people. And there's different areas of the digestive tract that can present problems. A lot of people are on um, proton pump inhibitors, which suppress acid. Well, remember that the stomach needs an acidic environment to break down protein. And if we suppress the stomach acid, how are you going to break down your protein? Yeah. And if you look on those packages uh, and you even go online and read uh, how are they to be used, the proton pump inhibitors, whether they're prescription or over the counter, should really only be used for four to six weeks. I see people that are on these PPIs for years. Yes, I, I have relatives who are on them indefinitely. Mm-hmm. Um, so we haven't really, um, have we really helped these people by putting them on PPIs? You know, it's a rare thing when somebody actually has too much stomach acid. It does occur. Mm-hmm. There is a Heidelberg test that can be done for it. It's an endoscopy, okay? Mm-hmm. But uh, most people actually have too little stomach acid, but yet yeah. they're still given the proton pump inhibitors. So that's one aspect. Yes. Some of the other aspects might be uh, we need enzymatic activity going on in our guts, and we have enzymes that help us break down proteins, enzymes that helps us break down uh, carbohydrates, and enzymes that help us break down fats. So there's a very sophisticated relationship between, you know, what's being secreted in the gallbladder, what's being secreted in the small intestine, Uh, It's being secreted out of the pancreas uh, to help with uh, the digestion as it goes all the way through all of those vessels 
before it ends up in the colon and, you know, it's gone from us. And if we don't have the right enzyme, we aren't going to be able to break down the food again. So understanding that that would be the problem, that if we can address that, which we can by changing the diet and using some supplementation, mm -hmm. very often is helpful. Yes. Uh, we can help the person be able to now break down their food properly, now get their nutrients absorbed. So do you think that would make someone who was feeling fatigued and sluggish have more energy? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, it does. Okay. I think so. Right. So there, you know, so there's one example of how that works. Um, you know, go ahead. Oh, so how do you help people recover, <clears throat> excuse me, after they've been on antibiotics? Because that will mess up your digestive system as well. Right. Right. Antibiotics. So antibiotics, I think a lot of people do know this by now. When we take those, uh, they kill all the good and the bad bacteria in our digestive systems. So we need good, uh, friendly flora to uh, help protect us and, and keep our immune system strong, as well as they also help us to break down our food. So you can do a few things. You can eat uh, naturally fermented foods. Uh, and some of those things, most people are familiar with yogurt or kefir. But you can also eat fermented vegetables, mm -hmm. uh, which, you know, are things that our grandparents actually used to include in our diets. And pretty much every culture in the world has included some type of fermented uh, vegetables like yes. kimchi or sauerkraut. You may be familiar with those, you know, pickled beets. Pickles. Mm -hmm. Right. Pickles made, made the natural way, uh, yes. you know, not, not made in uh, a factory, uh, made from home. There's fermented beverages like... Uh, there's water kefir, there's mm -hmm. kombucha, yes. um, you know, there's uh, lots of, uh, miso is actually a fermented product, it's actually yes. a fermented soy product, so the Japanese have that. Um, so those foods are all very helpful to the digestive system, mm -hmm. and eating foods that are raw, they naturally come with their own digestive enzymes right in the package. Yes. So this is this is the benefit of eating an actual apple or eating, you know, a piece of celery or, you know, some lettuce or some greens raw. If you can eat some foods raw every day, you're helping your digestive system because you're giving it live enzymes in that food. Yes. So is your recommendation raw foods, even fermented foods on a daily basis, if possible? It depends on the individual. Mm. Okay. Um for most people, um, that's not a bad idea. Yeah. But for people with specific uh, ailments, fermented foods are not a good idea. Mm. So uh, it, yeah, actually, this is this is interesting. Everybody thinks, oh, you know, one size fits all. You know, yeah. if it's if it's if it's a good thing for you know for her, it's a good thing for me. Not mm. necessarily. Um, you know, you could also take a supplement. There are uh, high quality probiotic supplements and high yes. quality enzyme supplements as well. And honestly, I, I do think that they're a good idea. I take them myself. I do too. Uh, I, I think they give you a little added uh, uh, protection because mm -hmm. again, there's a, you know, directly connected between our digestion and our immunity. So if we keep those digestion strong, yes. we are naturally going to be supporting our immunity uh, and, you know, I guess we'll be talking about that shortly. 
Yeah, what I understand, since you brought up you know, the relationship between digestion and immunity, that about 70 to 80% of our immunity resides in our digestive tract? Yes, that's correct. Yeah. Um, people think that, you know, they, uh, it, it's, um, I'm not sure what they think about their, <laughs> their, I'm actually really not sure what they think about their immunity and how that's uh, developed, but it starts actually and, you know, when we're born and we yes. know that children that are, um, you know, delivered vaginally and that's yes. delivered by cesarean section actually um, from the get go have um, better immunity and children that are breastfed and not yes. bottle fed have um, a little bit better immunity, too. So there's lots of different things that come into play from the time we're little infants and children. Um, then, of course, all the way through our childhood years and adult years, uh, we are either supporting our immune system or we're yes. not supporting our immune system. Right. Yeah. So having a healthy digestive system, it's not only important for the assimilation of nutrients and the resulting energy and well-being that you get from that, but also just the immune system itself and staying healthy and battling off bacteria and viruses. So Having a healthy digestive system is critical. It seems like foundational for good health. It is. And interestingly enough, people that have other issues that they wouldn't think are related to their digestive system. Mm -hmm. uh, we know now, for example, uh, that people that have um, mood issues, they have depression yes. and anxiety, usually have very uh, imbalanced gut flora. They have a oh, proliferation. Of the of the uh, of the pathogenic bacteria, not the friendly bacteria. So when we can uh, alter that to the good, uh, most people notice with depression that they have a lot of improvement. Mm -hmm. Wow. Okay. I, I think I was aware of that, but that's a very interesting point. That things that you wouldn't necessarily associate with being related to the digestive system may well be related to the digestive system. And, and again, goes back to how we are, you know, a very interconnected creature here. Uh, so many of our systems are reliant on others and, you know, the traditional Western approach of breaking the body up into many different pieces and talking to this specialist for that. And this other specialist over here, um, perhaps not the best way to go about solving root cause to disease because it is much more complex than, okay, your stomach is here and your liver is here and, you know, we're going to deal with them separately. Yeah, I think we've, we've lost a lot when we, when we did that in Western yeah. medicine. Yeah. Okay. Very interesting, and Very interesting information. So let's get ready for another break here. And when we come back, we'll continue and we're going to talk more about immunity. So... Thank you very much, everyone. Uh, we are here with Ann Baker, certified nutritionist. This is Sandra Malhotra with Generation Regeneration, and we'll be back after the short break. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. A new health and wellness community is coming in January 2015 called HoldTreatment.com. As a practitioner, you can increase your visibility by creating a detailed profile, posting blogs, advertising online and live events, and accepting online appointments. 
As a client, you can learn about holistic healing modalities, research practitioners to find the best one for you, and conveniently book online appointments, all for free. We aspire to change the way healthcare is practiced, and together, we can do it. Visit whole-treatment.com to find out more. GMOs, or genetically modified organisms, are plants or animals that have been genetically engineered with DNA from bacteria, viruses, or other plants and animals. These experimental combinations of genes from different species cannot occur in nature or in traditional crossbreeding. Most developed nations do not consider GMOs to be safe. Right now, over 80% of the corn and soy grown in the U.S. is genetically modified, and we should be able to choose whether we wish to consume these foods or not. Visit non-gmoproject.org forward slash learn dash more. For 27 years, Kidstar has empowered thousands of kids across the country. And now we have the opportunity to empower children around the world. Kidstar is announcing a new radio show called Voyage Earth. Voyage Earth will empower kids from across the world. Kidstar has created a Kickstarter campaign just for this new undertaking. By pledging to Kickstarter, you pledge for a future of empowered people to come. My name is Lindsay Marie from Bookworms. I want to thank you for being a backer of our Kickstarter. Kidstar, we empower kids. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. This is Generation Regeneration with Sandra Guy Melhothra. To connect with Sandra, send an email to Sandra Melhothra at wcubedcommunity.com or tweet at Sandra G. Melhothra, hashtag WeAreGenR. She looks forward to your comments. Now, back to Generation Regeneration. Hello and welcome back. This is Sandra Melhothra, your host. And today we have certified nutritionist Ann Baker, who's giving us a lot of interesting information about food and nutrition. And what we've been focusing on here is inflammation, because that is the root cause to many other chronic conditions that people experience. And nutritionists like Ann can help to address that root cause of inflammation through nutrition. And she talked to us already about detoxing and the role of a very healthy digestive system on many systems of the body. And now the final pathway that we're going to discuss is the immune pathway. So, Anne, we have one more short segment to talk about this, so I will cut you loose. Go ahead. So the immune uh, system is very interesting in uh, regards to food. And I would use this as an example. Yes. When you consider that folks that have any autoimmune condition, whether they have rheumatoid arthritis or whether they have psoriasis, uh, whether they have um, uh, irritable bowel disease, yes. Crohn's colitis, it doesn't matter. When we go back to how a nutritionist, uh, a certified nutritionist, a holistic nutritionist would approach this, is we are going to look at getting the gut healthy. So mm-hmm. there's a few pieces to this. One of the pieces that we know is that typically people that have any of the autoimmune conditions, and this goes for folks that have just a lot of symptoms that seem mm-hmm. like they could be autoimmune, but they don't have a diagnosis. Mm. Um, this is another you know, avenue to check, too. We notice that these people have uh, problems in their intestinal tract, and many of them have 
some kind of pathogens in there. Mm. And usually they have leaky gut or the intestinal walls have become permeable. Yes. So holes have actually developed in them where these undigested food particles or partially digested food particles mm-hmm. end up flowing into the bloodstream. And it's bad. Supposed to. And when, yeah. yeah, and it's real bad. And when that happens, it upregulates the immune cascade response. Yes. yes. And so this can manifest in different people in different ways. In some people, they have, you know, bowel issues. In other people, they have joint pain. In other people, they have skin issues. But it's all connected. And we now know some of the reasons that people get this intestinal permeability, which is almost always present in people that have some kind of depressed immune system. Okay. Mm-hmm. So why looking at some of the common culprit foods and pulling them out from mm-hmm. the diet of these people, we start to quiet down the, fu- the fire. We're not yes. eating the flames anymore. Okay. First of all, and then there's other things that we can add to the diet to help actually repair the mm-hmm. wall of the uh, wall of the intestinal tract so that we don't have this permeability again. Because that's supposed to be a solid barrier between your food and the rest of your body. So well, it's not solid. It does allow small. I guess very, that's true. Uh, you know, dark, you know, fully digested particles very specifically to flow into the bloodstream, but not. Mm-hmm big, large Mm, molecules. That's where we get into the issue. And what we know now, too, research has has shown us that people that develop autoimmune conditions, we are very now suspect and connecting the dots between, well, how did they develop an autoimmune condition, but their sister didn't? Mm -hmm. So, you know, we know there's a genetic component there, Mm -hmm. but the genetic component for autoimmune conditions only accounts for 9%. Oh, interesting. So I think this 9%. is very hopeful, yeah, for mm-hmm. people. And I tell this to all the people that I see that come in to see me that have autoimmune issues and want to use nutrition to, to get better, um, is that is a real hopeful message because that means that yes. 91% are things we can look to figure out and we can control. You know, we can uh, allow for, mitigate for, make, you know, make a strategy, make a plan once we figure out what those are. And a lot of it has to do with the foods that we eat. And there are specific foods that are very inflammatory that mm-hmm. cause a lot of damage that a lot of us are still eating because yeah. we are, um, you know, glad to believe that these are healthy foods and they're not healthy foods. They're, mm-hmm. they're damaging foods. Mm-hmm. And the big one being... Well, there's several big ones, but yeah. a really big one that's really misunderstood is gluten. Yes. And unfortunately, you know, you've probably seen there's this big controversy going on. Yes. Does everybody need to be off gluten? Isn't it just the people that are celiac disease? Yes. Oh, it's just a fad, you know, right. this type of thing. Well, gluten reactivity is on a continuum. So depending on whether you're slightly, moderately, or severely reactive, or if you're full-blown celiac, Mm. you can react to gluten. So it's a gluten sensitivity issue for a lot of people, even though they're not celiac, okay? So there is that distinction, and there Mm. is ways that we can measure that. 
And we know one of the biggest issues with gluten is gluten releases a substance in our body called zonulin in our our intestinal tract. And this is actually the work of Dr. Fasano, Mm -hmm. who uh, discovered this kind of by accident. It's a very interesting story. You can look him up and and read about him. He's just an amazing uh, scientist and doctor. But zonulin actually causes the uh, gut to have little spaces that open up and creates this leaky gut syndrome. So when we're eating gluten, we are actually, you know, making our likelihood of having leaky gut a lot greater. Now, the issue with leaky gut then is if once you have this permeability, yes, say from gluten, now other food particles can mm. flow across and people mm-hmm. can get other food reactivities or sensitivities, which are also called intolerances sometimes by people. But that's how this whole cascade starts. And remember, whenever those molecules that aren't supposed to flow into the bloodstream do, it causes an inflammatory reaction in the body Mm -hmm. because that's how the body is designed to react to things it thinks are foreign invaders and those are perceived as foreign invaders. Now, the piece with autoimmune is, so if you have this going on with a lot of people, if people are predisposed to having autoimmunity, doesn't this make make it more likely that they're going to flare up Mm. and present with autoimmune symptoms? Hmm. That's what the new uh, research is pointing us to. So um, there's, you know, there's definitely a lot we can do to intervene for people that are on just being given immune suppressive drugs uh, to quiet down the inflammation by changing what they're eating. Gluten is a huge, huge issue for people that have autoimmune. And once we pull that out, that helps a lot. But there's some other foods too that are typically problematic and that people will probably be surprised to hear. Another Mm -hmm. very uh, common uh, food that people are reactive to and that does generate inflammation for a lot of people, not everybody, but for a lot of people, is casein, which is found in dairy products. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, another food that is uh, also problematic is corn for a lot of people and Mm -hmm. soy. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, and, you know, interestingly enough, these classifications of foods all are contain uh, opioids. So there are opiates. Uh, they fit into our uh, receptor sites in our brain, and they're very addictive, too. So this is why giving up bread is so hard for people and giving up mm-hmm. you know, cheese is so hard for people and milk and, and ice cream and dairy products because um, they really are kind of built in have this addictive factor. Yes. Okay. So Anne, let's wrap it up. You have given us so much information today and I'd like to encourage folks who want to learn more about Anne's work to go to her website at nourishholisticnutrition.com. She has resources there for you to look into and also her contact information if you want to work closer to her because she does work remotely with clients. So on that note, I'd like to say that's all the time we have for today. And thank you so much, Anne, for all this helpful information. Uh, this was great. Uh, you provided us so many insights about food and nutrition. I'd also like to thank our listeners to Generation Regeneration and being part of the Gen R movement to, being, to regenerate our bodies, minds, and spirits. Join us again next week when our guest will be 
yours truly. I'm going to continue the discussion about food nutrition and we'll delve into what I call nutrition hypothemis, some of which Anne alluded to today. These are an unholy combination of a hypothesis and a myth. So be sure to tune in. Until then, let's move the party over to Twitter at Caesar G. Mahotra, hashtag WeAreGenR. Namaste. Thank you for tuning in to Generation Regeneration with Sandra Guy Malhofra. Please join us again next Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. In the coming week, think of the changes that you could make to regenerate your body, mind, and spirit. We'll be right back.